Hi, and welcome to the Unashamedly Human podcast, a podcast created to help you get out of your head and into your life. That is, if you want to have more fun, freedom, happiness, peace of mind, and success whilst squeezing the juice out of every area of your life. Join Jackie Ford every Thursday and listen in to her warm Scottish tones, wise heart and wonderful sense of humour as she interviews guests and discusses what it means to be unashamedly human. Hi everyone and welcome to the Unashamedly Human podcast. My name is Jackie Ford and today I have with me a gorgeous guest. Her name is Christine Mander. Christine is an Alexander Technique teacher and I met Christine a number of years ago when she came on one of my Unashamedly Human retreats and we just had a blast with with four other women um, exploring what it meant to let go because the season was autumn if I remember correctly. And since then, Christine and I have kept in touch. She's been doing various courses with other people um, to help her understand her human nature, which helps her understand other people's human nature. That's that's as technical as I feel like getting today, Christine, honestly. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, bless. So, Christine, welcome to the Unashamedly Human podcast. Thank you for having me. It's very nice (laughs) <laughs> oh, it's a delight and you know before we, the first date we'd organized to the podcast Christine said what are we going to talk about and I'm like oh I'm not even going to answer that email <laughs> <laughs> I hate pre-scripted things you know it's kind of like having a conversation with a friend and you're, you know unless you're going through your head about an argument and what, what you think you want to say and how you think they're going to respond I just love the fluidity of conversation I love the fluidity of of mind not knowing what we're going to say and how we're going to say it and what it's going to sound like but as as long as we're both coming from a gorgeous space of love I have no problem (laughs) with what what transpires and just as we were talking at the beginning um, Christine brought up a couple of wee things and I thought well if they come into the conversation that'll be fun so did you have a lovely we're just going to chew the fat today essentially chew the fat which really means just hang out and see what comes for so did you have a nice Easter weekend Christine? I did I had a lovely weekend I had some friends over and we had a we had a film evening on Friday night which was <laughs> lovely and, and was there a particular film that you watched? Uh yeah well yeah we had to, we actually watched two we watched uh Shadowlands mm-hmm. and um oh I can't remember the name of the other one um it's the uh David Nichols, I think, film about the couple, the couple that meet at university. They meet in Edinburgh, actually. Oh, right. And then they keep meeting each other throughout their lives. So, yeah. So, yeah, they were both great. Yeah. Oh, it's, lo- it's lovely when you can just get lost in a film, isn't it? Mm-hmm. One of my daughters was down who's particularly good. Obviously, we're moving house and, you know, we're trying to, we're downsizing. So, we're streamlining everything that we have. And, um, Nikki's particularly good at going into a wardrobe and going, no, that's going, no, mum, you're not keeping that. Those jeans are from the 70s, mum. Who wears low-rise jeans these days, you know? And she was just brilliant at doing all of this and, and helping us, of you know, reduce and recycle because it's just gone off to the charity shops. But she chose a film for us that I was surprised and delighted with. Um, a very gentle, kind of honest kind film even though the topic was kind of harsh and it's called Belfast 
Oh, yes, I've not seen that, but my, my friends had and they really enjoyed it. Oh, but Kenneth Branagh, I think, um, directed it, perhaps even wrote it, I don't know, but it was it was surprising and, and I really loved it. Really, really nice. So it's, it, as I say, it's lovely when you get a movie like that that you just settle into that doesn't jar the senses, Yes, you yes. know, too much. Mm-hmm. And I know, Christine, throughout your life, there have been periods of time when life felt quite tight, quite, quite complicated. And I know that you've been on a bit of a journey in life. And I'm keeping this really, really vague and ambiguous because I just want to see what comes up for you about what you feel you would want to talk about in terms of how you see that now, what you know for sure. Okay. Um, I think if I'm looking at the whole trajectory of my life, Mm -hmm. it's a sort of, um, I I talked about it sometimes as being like two lines. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's a sort of spiritual line that that is always there and carries Mm -hmm. on. And then there's a lifeline and sometimes they're together and sometimes they're miles apart. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can, um, I mean, I had an experience when I was 20, that very, you know, a spiritual experience and, and the lines were very close for quite a while. But then you um, you get into life, don't you? And you stop working and you get, mm-hmm. <laughs> you get distracted by things and, and they grew further and further apart. And I sort of forget about that other part of me mm-hmm. um, until, you know, something would happen or someone would um, come along who would remind me. Um, And I think my biggest point of um, them coming back together again was when I lost my husband, which Mm -hmm. maybe what you're referring to. And um, that sort of, in a weird sort of way, got rid of all the other stuff. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And so, the, that spiritual line, in a lot of ways, was most of what was left. Mm-hmm. What do you mean it got rid of all the other stuff? Was that um, a conscious thing or an unconscious thing? And um, um, what was the stuff? Um, I suppose when I say that, I mean things that um, took me away mm-hmm. from that side of my life. So. Um, I'm, I'm no longer working, you know, in, in sort of paid work, um, and I'm so there's less distraction from that. And most of the things that I'm doing, I'm choosing to do. Mm. So there's a big difference between the things that you, you know, you have to do to the things that you choose to do. Maybe that's a better way of describing it. Mm. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm consciously choosing what I want to do. Which is a very fortunate position to be in. Absolutely, mm-hmm. and, and and a very a very beautiful space to be in. To be mm-hmm. so aware of what you want to do, mm-hmm. and but especially what you don't want to do, because I think there's been huge periods in my life where I've been doing things, but I really didn't want to do them, but I needed to do them to earn money. Mm-hmm. Sounds mm-hmm. terrible, but <laughs> I didn't that way, you know. It is, and. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm not saying that I, you know, there aren't things that I'm doing that I, you know, there's not everything there. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but, uh, but on the whole, let's say it's more, more that than not, really. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And these spiritual lines, 
and the lifelines come together. Christine, when your husband was unwell, mm-hmm. I, I remember you speaking about that quite quite deeply when we had, you were on the retreat. Mm-hmm. And if that's something you could share, that would be beautiful. Yeah, sure. Um, <clears throat> yeah, my, my husband um, had, been, had been ill, but we didn't know what it was for, for a little while. Um, and he was diagnosed with lung cancer um, in October of 2017. And when, when that happened, you know, when people knew how ill he was, uh, my, our friends just sort of turned up. And we uh, we not long moved house into a, into a bigger house, and um, so people stayed. And and when you're in a space where someone's dying, uh, the conversations are different. Yeah, yeah. Um, they're deeper, and we were talking about all sorts of things, talking a lot about um, about the principles actually uh, with people because I'd not long um been into prison with beyond recovery and and had a most amazing day and 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 that's somehow that came up when I was telling people about that and um it yeah it was it was seemed to me to be a time of transformation for a lot Mm. of people um my husband wasn't um the illness had affected his brain so he wasn't really he, he was there and would function, but he wasn't really there. It was like mm-hmm. some part of him had gone. Um, so that was, that was, oh, that was a challenge. That was a challenge. So, you know, I was sitting with him a lot. And there was a lot of, um, I think the things that I've been learning or experiencing with the principals and with Alexander and, and sort of things, um, helped me with that because I, I, I remember one time when um, I was trying to get Steve to eat and he, he would or take his medicine up and, and he, he just wouldn't do it and he was like and I so I, I was sort of I could feel that I'd been pressurizing him and he did actually say to me you're always angry with me and I was like, I felt so awful and but then I suddenly thought oh I don't need to get into those battles with him. If he wants to do that, that's fine. If he doesn't, and I'd go, I'd go away, and I wouldn't engage. And I'd come back half an hour later, and he'd forgotten he didn't want to do whatever it was he hadn't wanted to do, and it just, it would be in from a. I suppose I'd come from a different place as yeah. well. Yeah. Yeah. So there was, um, so there were things like that that you know, that when you get down to the nitty gritty of really life and practice, you know. Um, having to say practice those things but you know those things coming up in life and, and, mm-hmm. and them. Um, but it was also um, I felt a time of transformation for um, other people other people friends and families so um, Steve's brother was was here a lot he was he was great and, and, uh, and his family and the king was um, my sister-in-law nephew and um he uh, changed his career completely after that. He's now he's now a, um, a counselor, coach. Um, he did the clarity 
training with me. <laughs> and uh, so he's, you know, his life has changed. And I have another friend who is here a lot who's um, now a funeral settlement. Mm. So lots of things, lots of gifts came out of that time. I mean, it was horrible and it was um, uh, sad. Um, but there were lots of um, gifts for lots of people, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I, <laughs> it's definitely a weird story. That, um, do you know the film The Big Chill? I can't remember. Yes, yes. Uh, I knew Steve at university. We weren't a couple at university, but knew him there. And a lot of the friends that came were also from the university. And um, we watched The Big Chill while we, while we were students. And at the end, we were all doing that thing that you do where you say, right, which character would you be? You know, would you be in uh, 10, 10 years' time or whatever? And it was actually a film with Kevin Costner who didn't appear in it because he was the person. It, it was all about um, someone who dies, um, a group of college friends, and one of them dies about 10 years after they've left college. Um, and Kevin Costner was the person who died. And actually, I think he, he ended up on the cutting room floor. I didn't get you made it into the film. <laughs> Um, and so we were all saying, who would you be? And Steve said, Kevin Costner. And it was, it was strange when I, when I remembered that when we were in this group, because it was so like the film, we were all this group of people getting together again. Mm. And um, around, you know, his, his going. So it was, um, yeah, it was, a, it was a bit, oh, <laughs> yeah, did, did he know? Awesome. You never know. You never, you know, you never know. I, I, I love and thank you for sharing that, that's Christine, because I know it's still, you know, that that it brings emotion out, out and and thank you for sharing that. There's something about someone being terminally ill and dying that is this natural space for us all to transform if we surrender to it. And I think a lot of people fight against it. They, they rage against it because they, they, they see it as unfair or they see that it shouldn't be happening to them or, you know, which I completely understand why, why people get in that space. I always remember my father, um, you know, having been a nurse, you know, I'd, I'd been at people's bedsides when they pass. I've, I've been at road traffic accidents when people have died. I've delivered babies that, that had died in utero and you know I've been at the, the bedside of my mum my dad and my grandmother when they all passed and there's something about that that is so I always consider it that it's it's an honour I've, I've always seen it that way that 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 it's an honour to be with someone as they take that last breath as they as they, they move from one world to the next. And there's a grace and a gentleness to it. Often, often there isn't, but, but you know, often there is. And I always remember my father when he when when he was given his diagnosis, you know, um, and he was in, in the ward, he'd had surgery and they kind of opened him up and closed him back up again because they realized there was nothing they could do. And we went to see him that night and he was in a four-bedded ward and these three other men were younger than him, not by much. And I always remember my father saying, you know, I've got bell cancer. It's, you know, the last stage. Um, it's okay. I've lived my life. Mm. And he was 65. 
and the humility by which he delivered that message mm -hmm. was such a learning point for all of us that he wasn't afraid. He wasn't afraid of death. He wasn't afraid of the future because he was so grounded in the moment. And my dad's, you know, sort of religious background was he was a Baptist. And I often wonder if, you know, I think he was well lapsed, <laughs> but, but, you know, very a very good man, morally, you know, gen, you know, he was just oh, an amazing man. But you do wonder when mind just kicks in that 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 gorgeous intelligence behind life, essence, love just kicks in and guides you in that moment. So see my dad deliver that message to all of us. Um, although I couldn't understand at the time, why is he saying, why is he saying that? He's a young man. Mm. He, he knew he was going to be okay. He, he, he knew that there was no point fighting or raging against something that was inevitable. So, so he just didn't. Mm. And I'm sure if he had felt that there was something to rage against, which he'd done with other illnesses in the past, he had done that. Yeah. Now I always remember him, probably the three or four days before he passed, <clears throat> he was in, in the hospital with my youngest daughter was there, Lauren, she was four at the time, and they were playing um, rock, paper, scissors. And it, it, she was his best pal. You know, they were really, really great wee pals. They were playing rock, paper, scissors. And as they did rock, paper, scissors, my dad put scissors, uh, a rock out, and Lauren put her thumb up like this. And my dad said, what's that? She says, it's the baby. You can't hurt the baby. <laughs> my dad just burst out laughing. And to see joy in, in that situation was beautiful. And I know in amongst your husband's passing, there would have been moments of joy mm. where you remember what's important. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it's um, it's interesting because I think um, I think like your father Steve sort of knew um, that the, he he didn't want to fight against it. Yeah. And I'd um, I gathered together a few of my friends who I knew meditated to do some meditations for him, and I hadn't told him about this until sort of a little bit later on. And um, I said I've got you know. Um, I've got some people who are mm. meditating for you or whatever. And he said, well, you can tell them to stop. Mm. And he he went in, he he went into a really still place. And he was he could just sit and look out of the window or you know, just sit. And I was with him once sitting on the um, sitting on the sofa looking out the window and um, I said how how can I help you what can I do to help you and he just he just looked at me and said just be mm. oh, that was so beautiful it was really because that's what he was doing he was yeah just, mm. Mm. 
that's so true isn't it and that's something we forget in life because we always think there's something to do one one of one of my friends passed away about three years ago she was only in her 40s in her early 40s she had breast cancer and it was just it was too far gone they couldn't do anything about it and I always remember talking with her and I said to her would you like to do something with me, you know, like create something or do something. And um, she says, no, I'd love to do that, Jackie. She says, but other people have been asking me to do things, but I just don't have time for that. And that phrase is a phrase that we all banter around. I don't have time. But when you're faced with death, time all of a sudden becomes so much so much more relevance to it and I actually find myself in that space now Christine that when my 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 granddaughter arrived just about two years ago that mortality thing popped up for me you know it I didn't I wasn't looking for it It just popped up. It was like, oh my God, because you bumped up a generation, you know. Yeah. It's like, how did that happen? Yes. Yeah. And I remember that having all sorts of strange feelings about my own mortality and, and being, they were so visible. And, you know, some of them I'm like, oh, for goodness sake. And others really got to me, you know. And it was amazing to be conscious enough to see that. And I was talking to my daughter about it the other day, and she said, oh, I got that same thing when my do- when her daughter was born (laughs) and I thought wow Mm. and one of my daughters the other day there she says mum can I can I take this bag for life you know she wanted to put stuff in it I said honey you can take that bag for life I said because that bag for life's got more life in it left than I probably have and she was like don't you dare say things like that mum and I find myself on you know my courses and things saying you have lifetime access to these materials Mm. well my lifetime (laughs) (laughs) not your lifetime my lifetime or you know because you know when I pop my clothes (laughs) who's going to pay the subscription (laughs) and so to have that awareness that it's not that time's running out it's just time's taking on a different meaning yes yes I think that's uh, yeah and I think one of the things um just came to me the other day actually when I was doing something else is that it's almost like things swap round. So obviously when you're younger, life is everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> there is no, no other. Um, and then the nearer you, <laughs> nearer you get to the other end, there's more of a, well, you know, maybe this is just a, um, this is a visit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And this isn't everything, you know. This, yeah. this. That's beautiful. <laughs> that's beautiful. That life is a visit, isn't it? it? It absolutely is, Christine. I think that's just adorable that that we come here to live and to learn and to evolve and grow. Mm. Yet it's the very thing that so many people rage against because they like things to stay the same. So they don't grow and they don't learn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, we want to keep everything so we're 
Yeah, so we can predict and, and control. Yeah, that's the brain, though, isn't it? The brain likes to make <laughs> meaning of things and yeah. you know make things all equal and and, and, and organized. Yeah, my, my my youngest daughter is um she's twenty four and a half. <laughs> I don't know when we stop the half, but I think because she's the baby, the half continues through her whole life, and um, she has a a degree, an honours degree in creative writing. And she has a master's degree in creative writing. And um, she's waiting to see, um, she's applied to do a PhD. Um, it's a really good project um, that she'd love to do. And she's got support from the university to do that. And, um, but she's in this kind of limbo land at the moment. You know, she, she's a creative. She knows herself that if she was to work in an office, she'd probably end up imprisoned. <laughs> She's a free spirit. She, you know, she likes things to change and all of this kind of thing. No, I, I think I'm referring to myself rather than her. <laughs> um, but it's lovely to see her navigate the unknown, recognising that she'll end up doing what she's meant to do rather than trying to force herself into mm -hmm. a category. Mm -hmm. Financially, it's very frustrating for her parents. Um, but she has a job at the moment and she's, she's okay just now. But it's that sort of wanting to know, wanting to predict, wanting to fix, wanting to sort. And she just doesn't have that. She's content being in life what a lovely gift absolutely absolutely just to be you mentioned that you know to be to be and to be guided but a lot of people either don't know how to do that or they're too scared to do that because they're frightened, they're wasting time. Mm -hmm. When in fact, time just gives us this opportunity to play. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. I suppose when, when you're younger, there's, there can be the pressure to fit in all of these things. You know, I have to get a good relationship. I have to get my children. I have to do, you know, mm. those things. Mm -hmm. to um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Our, our eldest daughter Megan had a beautiful big white wedding, gorgeous mm -hmm. white wedding. It was it was one of the best weddings I've ever been at. Um, and it wasn't just me saying that. It was a really <laughs> it was a really good wedding. And um, I remember you know we we're trying to find the Megan found her wedding dress and trying to find the bridesmaid dresses. And her two sisters were trying to find bridesmaid dresses. And I remember them sidling up to me and saying enjoy this mum this is the only time you're going to get to experience this because <laughs> <laughs> the other two will run away and do something or you know it'll be very small very yeah. small but Megan what Megan's always wanted the big wedding and the house and the family before she's 30 but my other two daughters don't have that mindset you know they're more in the moment and not trying to control things and mm. fix things and, and, and everybody's different and I love that, that, that being able to 
to move forward in life with what you know is true for you mm-hmm. at that moment mm-hmm. yeah. is beautiful. You know, so your husband's transition was a great opportunity for you to evolve and grow. I know you'd probably still rather he was here <clears throat> to be with you. Because um, I know I'd still rather my dad was here, you know, just because he was such a, a, a fun man. What do you think were the key things that you learned about yourself, Christine, during that period of your life? I think I... I suppose I learned that I can cope with more things than I thought I could. Mm. Um, and I, I mean, the way that we'd, we'd set up our life, um, I was working and, and Steve was a house husband, so he, mm-hmm. he did everything, you know, all the uh, practical things around the house, including cooking and everything. So um, I hadn't really done a lot of things. <laughs> So um, it, it's there's a, there's a really weird, a really weird sort of thing that um, I was incredibly disorganised. You know, considering the sort of jobs I did, I was really disorganised, and I would always leave things till the last minute. And you know, and it's almost as if um, Steve was the exact opposite of that. He was very mm-hmm. sometimes he would leave things till the last minute, but he was very organised. Um, and it's almost like there's something of his spirit that's taking me over. Ooh. Really weird because I now I do things before the last minute. Um, I did all all the probate I did myself. I didn't have a solicitor. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I now cook and I love it. Um, you know, he did, he loved it too. It was his creative things cooking. Mm-hmm. So, so now. Um, I'm not as creative as he was, but I, I can really get what he loved about it. Uh-huh. Um, and so it's like, I'm almost like in, I'm a different person in some, in some ways. Um, and, you know, just, just having to sort stuff out for the house and, you know, all sorts of things. Yeah, so that, that's, that's um, it is quite weird, but it is, it is like he's, he's there sort of, mm-hmm. um, yeah. <laughs> I love that giggle behind that. It's like, yeah. oh, if you could see me now. <laughs> well, I, he's probably saying, oh, for goodness sake, why couldn't you have been like that before? <laughs> you, why you, did you have to wait until I went? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, let's get real here. You're probably saying that to yourself as well. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. No, I am. Yes. Life is so much, uh, much more straightforward. Um, but yeah, so that's um, that's been interesting. That's a learning thing, and um, I think it was like I think I think you said before you started recording about um, following the nudges. Or yeah. yeah. But um, yeah, I don't always do that, but I'm I'm getting back to being a bit better at that. I think I probably have been better at that. Right. I usually find that when something comes up to me three times, I think, okay. 
<laughs> so it's conditional, Christine. All right. <laughs> but no, quite, quite often, you know, there'll be something that appears in my um, yeah. in my consciousness, um, you know, and then another time, and then another time, and on the third one, I sort of think. Yeah, that's really curious, because a lot of people say that, you know, they, they, they've got to see it in threes, and then they go, yeah, that's it, I have to do something yeah. about it, you know. <laughs> It's a synchronicity thing. Yeah, I, I I think I learned the hard way that when I was younger, I was very good at it. And then in my 20s, I kept talking myself out of my mm. own intuition mm. uh, because I was sort of giving my power away. I thought other people knew better. Mm. Um, and then after having my children, it just sort of came back. And then, you know, now that I'm in this crone stage of my life, uh, she laughs wickedly. Um, it's just stronger than ever. And I think there's a bloody mindedness about it too. It's kind of like, no, I'm doing that. That's that's it. That's what I'm meant to do. I remember there was a family gathering about six months ago. And um, I just said, no, I'm not going. I don't want to go. It wasn't my family. It was my husband's family. And I'm just like, no, I just don't want to go. I'm, I'm, I just want to rest. And so they all went away and had a, a jolly good time. And, and I had a jolly good time by myself. And I think... That was a very strong kind of nudge for me because of the pandemic, you know, sort of being with Jerry 24-7 all the time. And this was the first opportunity for us not to be together. And I, and I needed it, you know, love him to bits, but I, I just needed that, that space. But yeah, I think there's a point, isn't there, Christine, where you get so tired of when you don't follow the nudges and it just comes back to bite you in the bum. <laughs> it's just yeah. like, why didn't I do that? Yeah, yeah. I think, um, yeah, I can't remember if we talked about this before, but um, I, I, just after Christmas, I got into really the you know, sort of feeling and um, I was listening. Oh, it was actually, yes, it was on your thing. It was... Um, oh, the, the old and the new programme in January. Yes, yeah. yeah. And it was um, Linda Pettit. So, yeah. Um, that we get into those blah moments when we we're not following our intuition Boom. And it, yeah and it was just like yeah okay <laughs> that's exactly what's been yeah I mean it's so true isn't it mm-hmm. it is I believe we get into that space when we're not not following an intuition but also not being true to ourselves. you know when you look at everything that makes us human all the important components, our spirituality, you know, emotional connection, diet and exercise, relationships, all of these things, that when one is out of kilter, it has an impact on us. Mm-hmm. But particularly when you know you're meant to be doing something and you're not doing it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, it sort of, um, yeah, it's almost like it, it eats away at you, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Do you want to share what it was you were meant to be doing that you weren't doing? Um, I think I was, um, I don't think there was a specific thing, but I was very much cutting myself off from people. Uh. So I wasn't, um, you know, I wasn't getting in touch with people and, and, um, and so I think it was, it, it was partly that. I can't remember, there might have been, is there something else? I think that was that was the main thing, um, and lots of lots of little bits where I could have been, you know, sort of doing 
doing more talking more maybe and doing more yeah. things like this and <laughs> I, I don't think there's anybody listening who hasn't experienced that you know that there's something they're meant to be doing and they're not doing it for whatever reason yeah. and it does it, it does eat away at us which is no it yeah it's not a nice space to be in is it to sort of to feel these these nudges these moments where you know you're meant to be doing something and you're not doing it it's interesting with what we were talking about before the just being and, mm-hmm. the, and there is a it's almost like there's a time for just being and then there's a time for acting on the nudges isn't it and there it's knowing which bit you're in that's important <laughs> tell me more tell me more yeah. about that <laughs> i think um because you could see those two as contradictory you could see yeah. just being um but it's almost like the I don't know I'm thinking this through so it could be it could be <laughs> it's almost like the just being is the stage where you make yourself open enough to hear the nudges and then if you you've been in that just be stage and you hear the nudges and you ignore them then that takes you down a different path somehow I, that. <laughs> I, I, I can see truth in that I can absolutely see truth in that Christine that there are moments where mm. settling isn't it <clears throat> that that's what you're pointing to is that sort of settling back down again from the busy mind and, and everything else and then you can hear yourself more clearly but having said that there are also moments where the mind's going like this but you can still hear yes. the nudges and intuition coming through too but no, I get that. I get that. But then I often wonder about that from this perspective of you know, the little voices in your head, you know, all the wee voices. Um, you know, the one that says that we, we, we've named, oh, that's our intuition. Mm-hmm. Oh, and that's ego. Mm-hmm. And for me, there's another wee voice in there. There's the one that's kind of like my best friend that says, no, Jackie, you don't need to do that. You can start tomorrow. You don't need to do that today. <laughs> okay, love, it's all good. You know, and, and sort of I'm very hyper aware now of, I know intuition because it comes with a full stop at the end of the sentence. It's kind of, it's a done deal. That's what I have to do. And there's there's no, I could do this, I could do that, I could do this. It's like, that's what I have to do. Mm-hmm. And then there is... Ego, which gives me options. Well, you could do this, Jackie, or you could do that, you know, and feel how things are. And then there's this little middle voice. It's like, well, oh, honey. <laughs> you know, so I'm, I'm always listening. It's like, where's that coming from? Is that, is that me sabotaging myself? Is ego developed a wee best pal that's going <laughs> to try to get round? It's a very clever thing, yeah. you know. But I do, I, I, I love, I love the... <clears throat> Being, being, settling. Mm. It's such a beautiful space. Yeah. Yeah. Now, it just reminded me of the um, I had a, a call from a friend, and I was just in the middle of making my tea. So I said, Oh, I'm really sorry, I'm making my tea. I'll, I'll call, call you back again, sort of, you know, like tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And um, as I was carrying on making my tea, I thought, No, you really have to phone her now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've known about. Um, and I did. And she was um she really needed someone to talk to. She was in quite you know, she was in quite a bad bad space and or someone to yeah, someone to listen to her. And but that was a real, you know, really mm. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. 
But you knew, didn't you? You didn't even second guess it. You didn't choose to question it. It was just not on that occasion anyway. (laughs) (laughs) You knew what you were meant to do. It's interesting because, you know, like I helped my daughter out with the baby a couple of days a week. And I just always know when she needs me to be there a wee bit more or to stay a bit longer or what you just it's not even a question she's, you know and, and she gets it she's like I know that you know mum I'm like yeah I know mm-hmm. and it's not I don't need you to ask me I don't need you know none of that it's just it's just meant to be mm-hmm. and living your life in that space of it's meant to be mm-hmm. but not from a space of spiritually bypassing anything it's if there's something to be dealt with, if there's feelings to be felt, if there's thoughts to be questioned, I will do that. Mm. But that deep, deep knowing about you needing to phone your friend, mm. us moving house, you know, Megan being with Megan, etc. It's there's such a deep, deep knowing. Mm. You can't do anything else. It comes with this gorgeous inspired action doesn't it Mm. this is the logical next step yes it's the ones that don't come with that there's the little oh yeah 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 Yeah, maybe i could do this (laughs) (laughs) do you get those a lot (laughs) yeah Do you know, Kristen, it's really funny because I'm, I'm in a space at the moment where it's just kind of like, I just don't even think I think. I'm, you know, it, <clears throat> I'm like, God, I'm so boring. <laughs> <laughs> there's just not a lot going on up here at the moment. I think most of my life there's not been a lot going on up there. <laughs> you know, and, and it, it's being in that space, living life, is really, really nice. But it isn't always like that, is it? I, can you talk to that? Um, yeah, I'd, I think I, I mentioned earlier on that I had um, an experience when I, when I was at college, actually, where um, it was... That's the best way to explain it, really. But I just woke up one morning feeling complete joy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had, um, there were just lots of things around it. Like I um, I would be with people, you know, when, you, when you're that sort of age, some people you like being with and some people you don't. Um, but I didn't care who I was with. I was fascinated by everyone. Mm-hmm. And I think now, looking back on it, I suspect there was less thinking going on. <laughs> I, wouldn't, I wouldn't have necessarily realised that at the time. Mm-hmm. But things like, um, you know, I got to places on time that logically I really shouldn't have got to. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I could, um, there were people that I could tell what they were thinking. And, you know, there, there was a whole sort of thing. But it, and it lasted much longer than I thought. Every morning I'd wake up thinking, oh, it would be gone today. And, and it, it went on for you know quite a few weeks and things, but I, I'm guessing that when I, I it was my final year and I was doing my finals and I think when I had to go into that mode of, mm. of um, 
realised that it uh, it sort of gradually dissipated. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, I think I sort of thought of it afterwards as almost being like um, a gift at the time to say this is how it can be. Oh, you know, but it isn't. But it, this is what you're sort of you know you're going to get back to or. You know, Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, I've had other times when it's been similar, but not you know not it's never as sort of intense. I don't think it's the first time you have that sort of experience. Is it? Mm-hmm. I, I that that to me is is a beautiful example of dipping in in and out of mind, and mm. the fact the fact that you even noticed it is huge. <laughs> you know, because <clears throat> a lot of people they don't know that's what's happening. They just know that they're. they're life feels good there's no roadblocks this feels wonderful and yeah it it felt other than that you know it it, Mm. it did feel very other than life so I don't yes I don't I don't know um yeah I I definitely noticed it (laughs) and and now all of a sudden I have the title for the podcast it's dipping in and out of life (laughs) you know for 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 many reasons and and many of the things that we've we've discussed Mm. today so are you planning on doing more of the prison work with Jacqueline? I know you did some work during the pandemic with her. This is Jacqueline of Beyond Recovery, who does a lot of work in prisons. Uh, yes, I was doing I was doing some letter writing. Uh, mm-hmm. And I, I've, um, I'm done, I've written another piece for her, but I'm not, I'm not doing, I'm not doing that so much at the moment. But mm-hmm. I may well go, but I still go to a lot of the things that. It's uh, lovely. Yes. Yeah, I've got one tonight actually, which is oh nice. Yeah, the work she does is just is amazing, isn't it? Yeah. She's she's a beautiful soul. Yes. It's really really lovely. Yeah, it's, uh, it's great. So, Christine, it, it's been an absolute joy to be able to sort of have this time with you and 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 record the podcast and sort of catch up and chew the fat, as we said at the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> just chew the fat and see what comes up. Do you have any? top of mind <clears throat> thoughts that you would like to share with the people that are listening? Um, wow, that's a... <laughs> I think the things that I learned from, you know, the, the experience of losing my husband particularly, um, one of the big ones was not to stop yourself feeling. Mm. Um, And I would, you know, if I was feeling sad or, you know, lots of those, you know, Steve should be here feelings and, and, you know, why isn't he? That I wouldn't try and stop them. I'd just go with them. And going with them allowed them to, to flow through a bit quicker, I think. I, I <clears throat> sorry, keep on Christine. Yeah, no, that that was it really. I think that um yes, I think you know, suppressing those and trying to, to carry on around them and, and spending a bit of time on my own when I could when I didn't feel I had to be responsible for other people who um who might want to make me feel better if that makes yeah. sense. <laughs> No, I know what you're saying. There's a vulnerability in there sometimes mm. that we're we've been so used to coping with life that mm. we don't want other people to feel that we're feeling a certain way and 
for them to feel responsible for us and all yeah, yeah I think it's partly that and also partly that you don't want you want to feel it without going to the trying to feel better too soon and I think people around you get frightened of the feeling it and want to get you there to the the next stage sooner sometimes and I think that's um yeah so I, th I think that's why being on your own sometimes is useful for that because you don't <clears throat> I I I love that I do because innocently people want you to feel better yeah, and they don't, and they don't lovely that they do like, yeah 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 and and they don't realize that mm -hmm. the process mm -hmm. of healing means mm -hmm. that we need to let everything pass through us one way or another thank you christine you've been an absolute joy um i hope you have a lovely rest of your day and uh, thank you for being a guest on on the unashamedly human podcast lovely to chat to you thank you awesome so for anybody listening if you've enjoyed this podcast please share it with your friends um like it on any of the platforms that it's on um and uh, hopefully we'll see you uh on the next episode okay take care everybody bye Could be larger than life